0: Hello again, and welcome back to the Film Production Podcast. This week we are talking about sound and all the nuances and the different things you can do with sound and the way it is and just how it exists and stuff. And we've got some awesome guests on today. So we have our very own University of Salford's Billy Glue. Hiya, hello. Uh, we have Joe Taylor, Lindsay Taylor. I don't know where you'd be preferred. A sound student. <laughs> Hi. And we've also got Felix Lau, um, who is. I mean, I don't know if I had a whole thing that I should read out here, but I'd rather get you guys to do your own introductions if that's okay. Like, give you give us a little bit of a rundown of like where you're from, what you've been, how you've come to this point. Um, I think that would be more interesting than hearing me talk about you guys. <laughs> so we can start with. Um, would you like to start with Felix, maybe, or if you want to wait till the end and then we can. <laughs>
1: uh yeah i i can start um oh awesome. hi everyone yeah hi everyone i'm felix lau uh i'm a sound effects editor at technicolor in uh burbank and i uh work primarily in television i've uh worked on some independent films as well but uh, mostly focus on tv and uh streaming uh shows uh some of my main work has been um uh a, a show called star that was aired on fox it was a uh, And uh, I've worked on um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, a Facebook uh, watch show uh, called Secret Lies. Um, So so those are some of the main shows I've worked on. Um, But I also work on um, other shows at the company um, uh, for other uh, effects editors um, who are leads. And I kind of work under them as well on on some of their shows. So um, it's sort of a collaborative effort uh, over at 10 Color. Um, and I've been, uh, uh, editing effects for, um, about, uh, seven, seven, eight years. So, yeah. Awesome. Um,
0: yeah. How, what was your sort of, I mean, we could leave this to later, but I was just wondering sort of what was sort of the career path that led you? Why, 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 why sound? What, what really draws you into it?
1: Well, uh, for a lot of us, uh, even with my, a lot of my fellow coworkers, um, a lot of us really uh, started with music. Um, uh, you know, our first love was music, and we uh, uh, we that's was sort of our our um our entry into audio. So for me, it was like I started the music business, and then you know, when that didn't when that this was kind of going in a, in the direction of MP3s and, and streaming, I decided to uh, move into um, to move away from the business side and go towards the creative side, and so that's when I uh, went back to school and uh, studied audio audio engineering, and uh, and from there I actually worked at uh, music recording studios. And that was my entry. and and I, and to be completely honest, I was not like super interested in in the on the post side, like when I was an audio student uh, uh, you know setting because I was really focused on 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 music and music recording. And so um, and so that's what I did uh, for a few years. But then uh, the studio I worked at, uh, it it went under um, you know a lot of the recording studios as as some of you may know. Um, you know, they're struggling because of, you know, uh, digital recording. So a lot of music artists are now uh, no no longer need to record at, at a fancy, uh, you know, $1,000 a day recording studio. They can just do it in their garage. They can build a home studio. So um, seeing how that side of the business was going, you know, I, I figured, okay, well, you know, the uh, another path uh, to do audio uh, would be to work in post, and so then I kind of had to um, sort of uh, rehone my skills and and kind of uh, learn that that uh, field, and, uh, and so and so that's how I was able to transfer my skills from uh, music audio recording into um, you know now uh, sound editing. Post sound
0: editing. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. So that's a nice sort of little brief introduction of who you are, um, where you come from. So should we do? Should we go with Joe next? Do you want to go for your uh, little biography background thing? Yeah, cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm Joseph Lindsay Taylor. I'm a now finished third year student from the University of South for the film production course, and oh, um. For me, like I got into sound during second year, because after going through first year, going through part way through to second year, it felt um, between other students that sound was somewhat not as appreciated as it really needed to be, and I took the time time out to to put the effort in to learn like learn how to. At first, like doing like proper sound recording and stuff like that on set, and then that moved on to post production sound and doing sound design. And then going through with the options, it just happened to emerge quite nicely with what I enjoyed enjoyed because I enjoy um audio dramas as well, which is quite sound like it's quite nice.
0: the old style uh retellings of stories i is that
2: um essentially, essentially yeah like, yeah because that because i used to listen uh with my dad and my family like the harry potter audio well the audio books more specifically for harry potter but the lord of the rings um audio dramas so that kind of came from there and then going where i am now looking at uh, warhammer um audio dramas as well but like more specifically to like film and that i've been i was the sound recordist for um for look listen there's been, played, oh, it's been yeah, floating around yeah. for awards and that which has been really awesome to see
0: um, That's very heavily based on the sound and how you've yeah. used the sound and stuff I yeah so obviously that's like a nice one to have in your portfolio in terms of just sound in general right yeah
2: because I was at the time, it just became a timing issue and stuff like that on both file sides that I wasn't able to be the on like for the post sound, but just being organized and file management during the production stage for sound, sound recording was very much appreciated by the editor and the oh, yeah. po, post sound editor i was i was in the good books for that
0: yeah i can tell you any editor will appreciate you organizing their stuff for them before you uh (laughs) speaking from experience yeah that's awesome though um and we've also got with us as well like i said at the beginning we've got billy billy glue our very own um if you'd like to do your own little biography uh just where you've been how you're here now
3: okay you, you don't, you don't mean just today, you mean in general,
0: yeah? I mean, yeah, more generally, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, um, well, same as what Felix says, really. I started out through music. Um, that's, that's my first background. And then um, f- from working in music from when I was a teenager, I start, sort of started um, earning my living in music when I was around about 18, 19 or something like that. And then um, I sort of did that for a few years. Uh, playing guitar uh, for a range of different bands and fronting some bands and doing lots of gigging and uh, doing lots of music tuition as well, so teaching guitar and lessons and stuff. And then um, I moved into teaching, uh, I don't know, about 20-odd year back or something like that, working at a music college, showing bands how to record and perform and things like that. And then um, after that, um, I also... In and amongst doing those kind of things i set up my own recording studio in a building near where i live it's like in a sort of it's a in an old mill that the previous owner tried to burn down for insurance purposes and um, failed luckily and i uh, did a runner to spain he's got one line on wikipedia if you check wikipedia and then um so i managed to get all the one floor in that building which was all fire damaged and uh, so over years i've just kind of like put little bits of cash, put cash into that and set up like a rehearsal rooms and recording studio and stuff like that in there and then um, having done music and sound and all stuff like that for a while uh, I decided I want to um, try some other areas so I decided to uh, try and get some qualifications in film so that's when I moved into studying um, doing my MA at Bradford and, uh, when I'd, and then I did my PhD at Lancaster And then um, also, um, like, uh, lecturing in um, sort of film theory, I suppose, and uh, some some art stuff as well at Lancaster for two or three years. I did some art lecturing as well, only a little bit of art for first-year students. And then um, I also uh, moved, because when I originally came for the uh, job at Salford, I did, when you had to do um, a lesson, like a pretend lesson, my pretend lesson was sound. So I ended up as the... Uh, just, just like pretty much now, I, I pretty much just do sound. Um, I went to, I, and yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much just teaching sound at Solten now. I do a little bit of other stuff, that's mainly where I end up. So, so that's my background. It sort of like comes through music, uh, being a performer, and also recording people and songwriting and various stuff like that. Through tuition, through working in colleges, through getting to, qualifications uh, related to my film stuff and then um working my way through that and now uh, here talking to you that's my background
0: awesome excellent yeah that's nice and nice and concise i love it um mm-hmm. so obviously i mean i know uh, the um, joe has a few questions uh, that he wants to bring up as well which is which is awesome uh, we don't normally get people actually like preparing for these which is cool um <laughs> but you know we're doing we're doing some actual like we're doing some real podcasting today so i just want to ask like so you guys have come from sort of music is uh, is there not money in music anymore is there is the industry failing i know felix mentioned a little bit about how um obviously his mate trying to you know there was the recording studios were shutting and stuff what is it that attracted you to film specifically though why why film and why music in film and stuff
3: um well I'll answer for my side um i've um well i've always been interested in film so since i was really small um i'm still interested in music and i still run a music recording studio my recording studio is like 50 percent music 50 percent film like short films and foley and stuff like that and a bit of mixing as well um so yeah i'm i, I still do the music too but i mean i think personally my my personal thing that i think is really interesting about sounding film what i really love about it is is the fact that um you get to kind of it's like working with so many different types of uh, textures it's like having um because you can create an atmosphere or a mood purely through like diegetic sound through like foley and through actor's performance for example or you can create the atmosphere of the mood you can create the emotion purely through non-diegetic sound not music but just atmospheric sound or perhaps using silence in a really creative way you know just um, letting the uh, visuals take over this kind of thing or yeah you can use music to uh, enhance the emotions also so i really like the fact that you've got these different tools that you can work with the interplay of of all these different things um It's also very interesting working with people from lots of different areas. So, for example, um, working with a director who has one way of looking at the world perhaps and then actors who are interacting in a specific way and they bring their um, lifestyle and baggage and whatever to the performance. And then you've got technical issues that have got nothing to do with anything else. Like, for instance, something might have been recorded outdoors or there might be an airplane going overhead or whatever. So there's like some technical issues you've got to solve. And I think it's just really interesting, you know, so every, every project's going to be a bit different. Everything's going to have a different uh, angle that it's looking from. So I think that's some of the reasons why I personally think uh, film is such an interesting area to work in, you know. Yeah, that's my answer. Okay, I'll mute myself. Okay. <laughs>
0: yes, okay. Yeah, Um, if if anyone wants to jump in, just feel free to go ahead Um, and jump in uh, at any point, guys.
1: Yeah, I'll jump in. Um so uh just going uh, uh, back to the uh the business of music um yeah the the you know it's just um with with music having gone t- uh towards like streaming um you know with with you know um basically pennies on the stream uh fractions of a penny on the stream and um and just with uh, re- recording studios uh, uh struggling i mean because because there's no there's no budgets for recording anymore there's there's just not uh that much it's it's just a lot harder to to make uh, a living in music right now um so um so you know uh so basically when when i was thinking about okay so how how do i like how do i transfer my audio skills i was thinking okay well what kind of fields you know is there money in right like so obviously um you know uh m- you know movies and television aren't the, the only uh, field that you can do sound in um you know there's video games um, there's commercials um there's audiobooks so uh you know you know all of these uh different uh fields uh have revenue streams right I mean there's subscriptions uh with movies there's uh, box office uh, and then also with television there's advertising so I figured okay I mean, I have to go to a field where there is, you know, where you can actually earn a living, and and so, um, so uh, that's that's kind of, I mean, I mean, from a practical sense, uh, that's kind of how I figured. Okay, well, this is where I can use my skills. Um, uh, then, but, but from a creative sense, it was sort of like, um, um, you know, I actually did not watch that much television. Uh, on nor um, movies like when I was younger but um over time I was like uh, you know I was spending a lot of time just, just watching movies in the theater and and then I started really you know you know getting into movies and and just kind of um you know listening to the sound and then I sort of figured well that that was sort of the more uh, interesting path that I could take and um and I guess, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, echoing some of the things that, that Billy said was just um, the really fun thing about working with um, shows, with, with TV shows, um, uh, is that is it layered? You, get to, um, you get to work with uh, different people and, to, and you get to use a sound to kind of um, help tell the story uh, uh sells you know help sell the emotion uh, of a scene um and uh just uh without without being upfront because i kind of like i prefer being in the background anyways so uh it's sort of a way of uh working on these shows in the background but having uh, uh, a, a very uh i guess a, a, a fairly uh large impact on the uh, the overall tone of the show um with you know without being seen so i i i do uh, find that very enjoyable so
0: yeah because i find as an editor i am only just really starting to scratch the surface of what it's like to use sound in certain ways and you know really change the way um a scene is is heading just by some adding those sounds in uh and like everything that you guys are saying about sound it really you know i wish i was more into it almost because i i've I've only scratched the surface of what making a soundscape really is um for my own films and i just sort of want to know what's as a as an editor if i was to hand off my edit to any of you three um how would how would you how would you change or modify what i I had already placed within the soundscape um or would you would you completely redo it or would you base it off what i've done as a starting point or how, like what's what sort of the what sort of the workflow i suppose
3: i'll answer if you like yeah yeah sure okay well i mean firstly every every project's different so it's difficult to give like a blanket answer right so that's my disclaimer at the front end um but what i would say is is that when you're working on films with other people if it's like a independent film or something like that like a short film or a short feature film or something like that and someone's edited it and then they give you like um like an aaf file or whatever with all their audio what they've used so far you know all their sort of like scratch audio and all the rest of it I mean, so I was trying to think when I saw your question list, I would answer this. And I think the main thing to say is this. um, When somebody passes you the audio, let's say you've edited it, right, and you've passed it to me like what you've just said. Now, there'll be some sounds in there that are already good enough, right? There'll already be some good sounds in there. It's pointless redoing stuff that's already good. So I would, first of all, listen, and everything that's good I'm not going to change it unless I have to change it because it's pointless and it's wasting time and I could spend that time doing something else, right? So if you've spent time getting really great sounds, I'm going to use some of those sounds. But if your sounds are a bit sort of obviously like temp sounds, obviously I'm going to replace them. Now, another thing what can happen is the editor, i.e. you, especially if you're an editor stroke director, if it's like a low-budget thing, something like that, if it's more like not like a big production company but it's like a small team I've also found that sometimes people get very precious about a sound right so you as an editor right let's say you've edited a car crash scene and you've got a sound in that car crash scene that you just really like right now I'm going to have to be careful when I talk to you I'm going to kind of like ask you and say is there any bits in this mix you already like I'm going to find that out because there might be something I might pick up when you're talking, actually, you already like this specific sound. And it's pointless me trying to convince you to change it, right? It might be better that I just like, don't try and have that battle. And I say, say I'm going to have three battles with you over sound over this overall mix. And you already love that sound. I'm not going to bother coming to that battle for now. And I'll wait for something else where I spot something else that really needs changing. So I think that's the thing I'd say as a, as a sound person. First of all, I'd listen to what's already definitely good and then obviously i'd keep that unless i already know i've got something that's that's better or something or i I know i can change something quickly i would try and sound out sounds that you really like and then i try not to change them if necessary or keep them in there because you might be already sold on that temp sound it might be very difficult to get you to change your mind anyway and then um, another thing that i'd say is is when people pass you the sound over the big one that i noticed if it comes from an editor is the noisiness often of the sound. So for you, because you might be hung up on like cutting, like visuals or whatever, you might not be bothered about hiss on something or some sibilance on a voice or something like that or some plosives on a dialogue or whatever. But when I'm mixing that, I don't like, those are the kind of things I'm going to, because if you've got 20 audio files running at the same time and they've all got a little bit of hiss and they've all got a little bit of noise and they've all got a bit of low rumble added up, That's going to really mess up your mix. So I would say, firstly, you're going to decide what sounds you're going to keep. You're going to figure out what sounds the editor wants. And then once you've got to that stage, anything you're keeping, you're going to start cleaning it up, aren't you? You're going to clean all that dialogue up, get rid of as much noise as you can, unless it's going to add to the drama or whatever. You know, if it's like annoying noises, et cetera, you're going to clean that up. And then that's your palette. Now you've already got that's what you've got to work with from and now I can look at a scene, I can say, right, in this scene, oh, the dialogue's already pretty good. I don't need any ADR there. I can say, oh, there's some good ambient sound, but the fall is a bit, a bit sort of ropey or whichever. And then I can figure out, scene by scene, what stuff I need to replace and so on and so forth. And to do that, I'd probably use a sound spotting sheet. I'd probably have like notes on the script. And there's a high chance, if possible, I'd have met with. If it's a low-budget production, I'd probably met with a director and they'll have some ideas in this scene. I want a bird to fly from this space to this space or, you know, certain, like, technical ideas they already have. And uh, so that would be, like, my starting point uh, of how I'd work if somebody passed, when somebody passes their work over to me. Does that give you a good... Is that okay as an answer, yeah?
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just... uh, Yeah, yeah. I was just... Also, I was wondering, sort of, like, from joe's perspective as well what kind of how how would you handle this in a university setting because university is obviously very different from like industry almost yeah handled
2: yeah because in like the um the unrealistic circumstance of when i was during my second or third year i lived with my director we used to share the same house so i could always run upstairs and ask and just check with him if something were up but in the in the university setting It'd be very much like like Billy was saying. Check through the documents, confirm if like confirm if there's any issues. Like if they're good, great. And if and if for any reason, because there's been a few projects where it's like ADR is like it's been it's had to be put on the table, but quite it's been quite nice and it's not been coming up to the
3: end of uni and. Oh, can I, sorry to butt in, Joe. i just remember yeah. one thing. Sorry to be interrupting. I was just saying another useful thing that from my side, when I'm working somewhere, it's really good to get a couple of reference, like you do, it's fr- fr- probably coming from a music background, like, but some reference tracks. So I would try and get the director or whatever to give me at least a couple of films to look at. I don't mean the full film, but like I might say, suggest me a couple of films where you like the sound, where you think this might be going. They might not have any ideas, which is fine. But if they say they want it to sound like a particular film it just lets me know are they expecting lots of explosions and lots of music or are they expl- expecting like realism you know so sorry i just wanted to mention that okay i'll shut up again there we go
2: mass i was just gonna say um i think as well as like with with my own personal like methodology to it it's like i'll usually take like eat, like look at each individual like layer of the sound and like edit it as as that like so i'll start with like the background sound get that to where i like because i'll go through it's really like i'm really weird about it i'll go through premiere for like assembly don't edit just put it where i need put it where i need it trim it to the lengths i need and that's the most amount of editing i do in premiere bring it over to audition and then do all the editing from there but getting the like just the atmos the the dialogue any individual sound effects Get those down to where they need to be and then slap it over to audition and just start the problem solving. Like, any, it's it like is to me, it feels like a bit of like it's quite a bit of nice problem solving. Like, why doesn't this work? And just experiment with things to see what comes, what makes what gets you the best result. And then using that going forward, you know how to deal with those problems later on if it ever crops up and
0: as with your particular workflow so you say you start within like a premiere or an editing program is it do you would you find would you say is from a university maybe learning setting where you know things are obviously going to be changing up till the last minute it's not set in stone like oh you know with a tv potentially you know you've got like set deadlines where oh we're gonna have this the picture edit finished by this day like with university things change all the time do you find it easier to be able to sort of move things around like that and you know use something like sort of the adobe suite to do that
2: yeah um because the way i usually, usually try and go about things i'll try and do if there's any like post like any sounds i know i'll be doing like trying to be doing in like foley and stuff like that for post i'll try and do or like as much as i can do up to the point of production just get just put a bit of time just put a bit of time of work into that like if, if it's on the likelihood that is very much going to be used and if not there's like okay we've got it if we want to use it and and if it's not used at all then I can put it to the side and put it into my sound library but with with changing like with the potential of like dates changing for like assignments of that we for um, for example for um dancing is depressing which was our final well our second our last second year film and for that we it was over the the easter half tour we did we started both um going into production for a decent part of it and then also going into sound editing straight off which was kind of a bit more chaotic but what was in place before the lockdown for uh, my first pet it was right we was gonna be filming from the 30th of march for a week and then a little bit into half halftime because one of the actors um basically we had a child actor in for well we would have had the child actor in for a couple of the scenes so we just needed it to be in half term because they were at school at the time and we'd we'd had time allocated specifically so we could get the sound done in a nice in a nice way so we could get it done go through it again to make sure it's good go over again to make sure we're entirely happy with it but
0: Mm, so sort of laying things out a bit more like you would within the sort of an industry yeah planned and calculated yeah. yeah 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 hopefully it does work sometimes um and sometimes it doesn't but there you go i think that's just the sort of the way you're going to have it with university right um yeah i think yeah
2: it's very much the university experience
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um in so it, it does so you actually wrote some of the questions here joe and i'd feel i'd feel bad sort of just stealing your thunder and taking all these questions i don't want
4: can i break in for just a second yeah yeah this This would be a great time for you to ask felix about some of his schedules because working in television he's going to be on some very accelerated schedules i don't know felix if you feel like answering this um but this would be a good time to work that
0: in Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, Felix, did you did you want to talk about uh, sort of the way your scheduling works and stuff? I just, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, uh, in this list of questions that Joseph gave me, he had he had mentioned workflows, and we were just talking about workflows, so I was going to share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting first first getting back to your original question though about um, just uh you know g- getting getting the um for the for the first uh sounds uh from the ed- Editorial department, or
0: I, uh,
1: you know, this is doing post efforts. I really value uh, those sounds that I get from the editorial team, uh, or from uh, or or ideas from the director. Like if if I, I, it gives me sort of, um, you know, usually we get this OMF from the editorial department, and um, that's sort of. you know, that, that, that kind of tells me what they're trying to go after. Um, and so, like Billy said, sometimes, um, you know, some some um, producers and some, uh, some uh, sound teams are, are, are better at... Uh, they spend time and uh, are or maybe a little bit more skilled at, at building the initial uh, temp sound. And so uh, in those cases, uh, sometimes... Uh, like Willie says, you know, if it's if it sounds good, we'll frequently we'll, we'll and uh and in fact with some they producers they actually prefer that we we oh I'm um, sorry with some of the producers we work with they actually prefer that we use their their temp um, like almost uh. Almost like they 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 want more of their temp sound in in the sound mix. So um so when I get when I get that first um omf that first uh initial edit from them um I mean basically my job is is just to to do my best to try to make it sound better. So uh, I will just build on top of what they've I will either build on top of what they've already what they've already put together or um if it doesn't sound good and you know i mean sometimes it won't and i'll just do my own thing um
0: what's the what's uh, the reasoning behind sorry um what's the reasoning behind like them wanting more of their temp sound mixed in there is it a time is it scheduling thing or is it a time thing or
1: no actually uh, some of these producers like like billy alluded to they have this um they have they have what's called temp love and they 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 love what they hear. I mean, because some of these um, producers or directors, they'll sit in the in the edit bay with the picture editor, and 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 they they're gonna, they're so used to hearing hearing um, their their initial sound edit uh, that they that that's kind of what they want, and and they feel that they mm-hmm. they it's they, they have their stamp on it. So some are very precious like billy said like some of them are very precious about that that in this first their uh sound edit because they feel that okay they've built it they, they've got their stamp on it um you know I, i'm not gonna name wh- which producers like this but there's there's one <laughs> that's <laughs> really well known who does this and for all this person's shows at our company like their their temp their temp is like it's almost like that's the bible that's that like, that's like, we, we all, that has, that has to go to the mix and we're kind of, you know, we're basically enhancing that, that temp edit. Mm. Um, but that's not, that's, that's not usually the case. Um, so, um, yeah. So usually I, I layer on top of what, what the picture editorial team gives me, or I just, uh, if I don't like what they do, then I'll just, um, you know, I'll just, uh, build my own, uh, uh, effects and um, and then of course we deliver the original OMF to the mix stage. So if, if on the mix stage they say, oh, what happened to our sound? They if they prefer to go back to their sound, it's very easy to just pull in their OMF and and use what they what they what they built originally. But um, usually it, 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 um, usually as an editor, you kind of get a sense of what works for the show and what doesn't. And so in the final mix, they end up choosing. Some of you, you know, your, you know, some of your, mostly, they'll, they'll choose most, a lot of your edits, and then, and then sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll go back to their original edit for s- certain things, um, but um, I, I really appreciate uh, getting that OMF, and, and sometimes it gives me a, uh, just a, an inspiration of like, okay, oh, this is what they're trying to go for, uh, you know, are they going for something scary, or are they going for just tension, or, you know, so, or darkness, like, you just, you get a sense of just kind of what, what tone they're going for, uh, from their, uh, OMF. Um, so going, so, okay, so that, that was the first question, then then getting into workflows, um, so usually we have, like, for, for a lot of our, our, TV shows, um, we have, like, a week, we have a week to work on a 42-minute show, which is uh, not very much time, um, you know, I mean, when you consider like for features that, you know, like about an hour and a half, they, some, some of them get, you know, months. So, you know, features have, I mean, there's more action, there's a lot more effects, it's more heavy uh, on the effects side. So, I mean, I totally understand that they need more time. It's just, uh, but, you know, some of these um, shows that I've worked on, I mean, there's there's quite a bit of, you know, action and and, and sound design and all of that. And, and, you know, you have to, you just still have to get it out within a certain you know certain amount of time and and so um so uh so yeah we get a week so usually uh we get what's called a turnover so um the the picture editorial team has to turn over like all their sound elements all their dialogue their effects temp their music temp that comes to us as just one package and then our um so that that so starting on that first uh day then our our dialogue editor can start working on it, our Foley team can start working on it, and then I can start working on the show. Um, and so personally for me, uh, my own workflow is that I'll, I'll go through, I'll, I'll watch the show first and just kind of, you know, get a sense of, you know, what the episode's about, what the show's about, and then I'll go back and I'll mark uh, every scene change. So. Um, uh, going back to software, because you guys were talking about Adobe. Um, so in 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 Hollywood, our industry standard is Avid on the picture side, and then Pro Tools on the sound side. So um, and and they work they work they kind of work in conjunction with each other. So that's kind of why like everyone uses Avid and Pro Tools um, mostly. Um, but so in 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 Pro Tools, uh, there's you, you know there's markers that you can drop into your um, your timeline, and so. Basically, I um, I'll mark out my sh- I'll mark out all the scene changes um, for the show. Um, so then I'll start I'll start with um, uh, the backgrounds. I'll start with building the atmosphere and the backgrounds for the show, uh, using these uh, scene change markers. And so I'll I'll build out my backgrounds. And 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 that kind of gives you like already just in building your backgrounds that kind of gives you a uh, a feel for the show a tone just kind of like uh, gives it some life and then so once you have once i have that then i'll go back and i'll mark every single like effect every single um effect that i think needs to be cut and and i'll and i'll mark the, out the entire show and that also gives me an idea of okay how much how much work do i have ahead of me and um you know and then that helps later too when maybe you need to spend more time on one scene and you kind of, you need some, or, you know, you need, you have to have an idea of like, you know, how much more work you need. So, uh, but if, and so if I have a lot of markers left, like, I'll like, okay, I, you know, I can't spend too much time on this. I have to keep it moving. So anyway, so uh, and then also by marking out your show, um, uh, it helps, uh, it kind of, um, it prevents, uh you from like missing things like if you if you if you watch the show and you're marking out every single thing um you know you kind of it's just it's just a way of just keeping track of every single thing um of that every single sound that needs to be cut in the show because sometimes if you just if you just kind of um if you just kind of go with the flow and you're and, and and i've done i've done this is how i was working before you know if you if you just kind of go with the flow and you don't mark stuff out then you're gonna you're gonna miss certain things so um so anyway so uh so yeah i'll mark everything out and then i'll uh, go back from the beginning and i'll and i'll cut uh, all my uh sound effects and then and then so then once i go through uh and i've done that then i'll go back and watch watch the show again with all the um the dialogue off um and and then, then I'll watch the show and then and then see how see how, make sure and that's when I do my final check to just see how everything sounds and then uh, and then make sure that I didn't miss anything and then once that's all good then I will send that to the stage and and so that'll usually be like on the last uh, we usually get like uh, you know five days to work on um, on a show you know on the busier shows we'll get you know six or seven days. And you know, on that last day, you know I'll 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 upload it to the server, and then the mix stage will then pull it down and start the mix. So this is a weekly process. Um, so by, by the time they're starting mixing on this uh, this episode, usually that's the day when I'll get the, the turnover for the next episode. <laughs> and so it's just like a weekly it's a weekly grind. Um, so
0: you use all the time you have available for each show just to make sure that what you've done is like, <laughs> As good as it can be before you send it off, or exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I yeah, the the whole uh, TV show cog in the machine thing, I, I actually love that whole thing. That's really why I want to go into, hopefully, eventually, doing TV, because mm. I love the idea of just having, you know, almost like a conveyor belt worth of work <laughs> ahead of me. I don't know. It's like it's just something to do. I don't know. It's it, it really is more of
1: a com- <laughs> conveyor belt factory kind of uh,
0: mentality producing you know? <laughs> stuff yeah
1: yeah film is kind of more art <laughs> you know? yeah um you have more time a little more freedom but um but yeah if, if if and and that's why some people choose uh you know to work in movies and why some people choose to work in tv it's kind of like what what work, work style fits you best you know yeah mm.
0: I don't know obviously I don't know how any of the people will agree with me there but that's just sort of what I like about it and where I sort of want to go with this so um anyway irrelevant to the conversation uh do we want to have can a I look Can I break at some...
4: in with the, another question?
0: Oh, yeah, is... yeah, go yeah. yeah go ahead.
4: Um Felix, do you feel like that may be one reason why the television directors are getting in with a lot of sound notes um, while they're in picture editorial? Because um, you know, when I was an assistant editor and I was doing the temp sound, I had um, many, many, many sound notes from the directors. So perhaps the idea that TV is a bit of a conveyor belt, the directors fight back about, fight back against that a bit by giving as many notes as they possibly can to make it theirs when they're in their cut?
1: Uh, Yes, I forgot to mention that part of the workflow, yes. So before all this begins, so on the day of the turnover, yes, we also get um, sound notes uh, from the picture editorial team. And usually uh, the sound supervisor uh, would uh, would have sat with the picture team and 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 oftentimes the director uh or the sound uh, showrunner and they would they would go over the uh, sh- show together and actually uh discuss uh they would discuss the sound of the show and so so not everything is always conveyed through the um the temp edit that I get from the picture editorial team i mean so, uh oftentimes you know maybe half maybe half of the information is coming through actual notes given to me uh given to me by the sound supervisor who has sat with the uh, director and the showrunner and the picture editor and they've told him or her what they want to hear in the show because sometimes they're not able to create the sound that they want so they're like oh can you yeah can you do something spooky here or, or um so you know um or yeah, and 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 you know, or they'll or they'll say, oh, they want this part quiet, or uh, this part will will all be music. We don't need sound here, you know. So, so I'll get I'll, I'll I'll start I'll start my week with with the with the sound notes and 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 I'll work off of the temp edit and off of the sound notes uh, yeah, to to come up with the final edit. Um, does that answer the question? <laughs> Uh, yeah so
4: yeah thank you
1: Felix sure Th- and thanks for mentioning that. I totally forgot, yeah, forgot about the notes but yes notes are very important
0: yeah so if we were if you, Joe I know you had a few questions that you wanted to pose towards Billy and Felix about you know getting into the industry and I don't know if you wanted to talk about that rather than me because I feel like it would be less appropriate for me to ask those kind of questions uh, if that sort of makes sense
2: I think I'm going to, I'm going to, start, I'm going to start with, um, outside of industry experience, what would be the best way to build a sound-orientated portfolio?
3: What's really important, right, when somebody puts together any kind of demo, stroke, portfolio, stroke, example of what they do, right, if someone's going to put that together, the first thing they need to do is that person, i.e. you or whoever's putting this portfolio, needs to know if possible what they want to do right because if you want to work in television from what felix has said there he's already given some tips as some of the skills what you need to have if you're going to be good at working in television right whereas if you want to work in film then you need to demonstrate perhaps some slightly a slightly different and like balance it might be very the same skills but it might be a different percentage of each of those skills so why i'm saying this is that let's say you you know so do you let's say you want to work in film just for argument's sake just just so we get started right okay you want to work in film does that mean you want to work mainly with horror films or you want to work with romance films or you really know a lot about comedy or you really like realist film or you really like sci-fi you know what's the area you want to work in Because when you put together a portfolio and when someone at the other end watches it, I'm not sure how much time they're going to spend watching this portfolio, but it's not going to be a lot of time. So you've got to really kind of put something together that really shows what you can do. Nice and quick, really concise, you know, that demonstrates your skill set. And it's going to tell a lot about you, what, what clips you include. But also it's going to tell a lot about you by what clips you don't include. So I really think it's very important when somebody puts something together, who is it for? You know, who? what is it you want to do? And then that way, you know, because this is you sort of putting yourself out there. So in a way, I think sometimes when people put portfolios together, they put things in portfolios, what they think someone else wants to see or hear, right? But the thing is, you might end up then getting a job that you hate. So it's better off, I would advise... To put together a portfolio of stuff that you're really interested in, that you really care about, so that that comes across in the portfolio. And if you want to be the kind of person who's mainly working in Foley, or who's mainly working in sound effects, or who's mainly working in uh, sound design, or who's mainly working in ADR or whichever, then you can finalise that portfolio make it quite specific there's no reason why you can't have more than one portfolio for example so if you're interested in several areas you could even make several different little portfolios one that you send out to one person one that you send out to another but i would say that like bear in mind i'm guessing obviously it's not like people are sending me portfolios all the time you know what i mean but i know when i was running a music venue when bands sent me their demo cds and this is a small venue this isn't like a fancy venue or anything I would only listen to 20 seconds of the music because I already know if they're any good or not. 20 seconds is pushing it as well. I mean, that's pushing it. If, 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 if the songs kick straight in, I wouldn't, you wouldn't even need to listen to 20 seconds. Once the vocals have come in, you already know if it's good or not straight away. Right. So, uh, you know, because you've already heard the rest of it, the music and that. So I would say it's the same with a portfolio. You know, it's really important to present it well, you know, because the person at the other end, they're thinking this is you at your best. Right. So if there's spelling mistakes in it, if it's like poorly laid out on the screen, um, anything like that, you know, even if it's like you're doing sound. But if if you haven't got that attention to detail, you know, well, you're not going to have attention to detail when you get the job. So all those details need to be in place. Everything needs to be nice and clean and everything. So that's all, all that kind of stuff. Nice formatting, you know, nice. The audio needs to be the right type of audio. It needs to be like saved in the right format and all of that kind of thing. And maybe you've got a couple of different mixes out. So you've got one mix out that's easy to email and one that's easy to share on OneDrive or something. But I do really think when people put together these kind of things, yeah, it's, it's really good for you to know what you want to do as well, you know, and, and and like if you want to work in fantasy stuff or you want to work in thrillers or whatever, you know, to, to try and ensure that that's, that's, that's going to have to come across because if you only pick a few clips of sound, you can only show that you've got skills in a certain amount of areas, you know. So that would be some of my tips putting together a portfolio. Um, I hope it's useful. Um, I'm not trying to say that like that's the only way to do it, but I would say that I think that those are useful suggestions. I hope they're useful suggestions. Yeah, I was just I was just wondering on top of this as well. With visuals, for
0: example, it's very easy to you know show a YouTube video with all your visual stuff on. How would you actually show these or give these people this sound? Is there a way that is there a better way to lay it out or whatever? Because like you know I'm not really too sure about how I'd do
3: it either. Well, I, I think that for one thing. Put the details, you know, put your contact details right at the front, right? Because the person ain't gonna want to fast forward all the way through it to find your name and address, okay? So I'd say your front, your, your personal details are gonna have to go on at the beginning straight away, so they can see who you are, you know, a nice font, very clear, very easy to read, you you know, just just make it ni- nice and keep it simple. I would say simple and clear is better than complicated, you know. Um, and then I would say. Um, If you're using clips of video from different films that you've done, different things like that, then um, obviously you want to try and if possible, try and pick a clip that makes the film look as professional as possible. So if you've got like two or three clips you could choose from a specific film and one of them's from a scene where it's like shot particularly well, you know, perhaps that could just influence the other person a little bit. Um, So I would say it's better to, you know, the the other person might be influenced from that. And if you're using soundscape type stuff, if you're doing like radio type stuff, then, you know, make sure you could have the details on the screen of what it's from. But a nice, you know, a nice clear image, maybe um, just just to grab the the user's attention and uh, and so that they know what you're trying to convey, you know. So, yeah, that's my suggestion on that one. Okay, awesome. Right. Nice.
0: Uh, Okay. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to throw anything else in there, Felix, about uh, portfolios or anything, or we could move on to the next question.
1: No, well, um, I, w- I would say all of that is excellent advice. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's. I think you definitely want to um, tailor your portfolio portfolio to maybe the genre you want to work in, whether it's action or sci-fi. Um, you know, whether it's you want to do sound effects or foley. Um, you know, uh, you could create your own website, and, I, and I've seen uh, some people they've uh, created a website and then they put their uh, portfolio on their own website, or you can do YouTube. Um, I will just say though that, um, at least for a lot of my colleagues at Technicolor, they um we they didn't really get in, th- uh, you know, through anyone uh, viewing their portfolio. Um, I think maybe in features, maybe some people, uh, might spend more time looking at portfolios and I, and I don't know how, how it would work with video games or commercials. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It, it was like, I, I worked on portfolios in, in school. <laughs> no one ever asked me for my, portfolio but uh, but if you do uh choose to um build your portfolio I I I I would I would agree with Billy just take scenes that you've worked on that like three three to five minute clips of just the most action-oriented scene where there's a lot of sound that can you know that would highlight you know your your skills um and then you know maybe if you were go to an interview maybe you could point to that scene and they could watch it or they can watch it on their own um but just personally from from my experience and uh i just uh you know i did not have you know i did not have a portfolio and um that was not even asked of me so
0: um, what was the way you got in then was it through knowing someone else already in uh working at technicolor or was it? so
1: yeah so so um, so yeah um, I think I think the, the more uh, I guess useful way of, of breaking into the industry is um, I mean, yes is is, is it's, it's all about who you know and and it's all about uh, networking Um you know this was true when i was uh in the music business and it's definitely true in in the entertainment and film and tv business as well um you know um you know you're you're still a student right now right joseph yeah no. yeah so w- what i would highly encourage you to do um is is to uh, do internships uh see if you can get an internship at one of these um post uh sound houses and you know and and, th- and a lot of these Uh, sound houses are are willing to take in students and so now is a good time to um, uh, since you're a student right now it's a good time to to take advantage of that and um, you know uh, try to get an internship and and uh, with one of these sound houses and and that's where you can kind of figure out oh you know what do you like to do do you like to do dialogue do you like to do Foley do you like to do sound effects um, or music Um, Great way to get practical experience, um, but it's also a, a very essential way of uh, building your network. Because um, you know, when you, if you want, if that's the industry you want to work in, you're going to need connections on breaking in, and it's very hard to do. So, so like a lot of students wait till after they're done with school to to start these steps of networking, and it, by then it's like it's very hard. It, you can't. Um, or you're not, they're not as likely to, or you know, you got to, you got a, a day job, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta do, like being a student is like an ideal time to kind of like just kind of uh, focus on that uh, or fo- focus on building the network and also gain that experience. So, um, you know, you know, I made so many, so, so before I worked at Technicolor, I, um, I, uh, interned at a, I, I interned at a couple of places, uh, so, So Revis was kind enough to uh, ma- uh, give me an introduction to a music editing house, and so I, uh, while I was a student, I interned for a year at a music editing house, because um, again, my first love was music, so I, I kind of hoped to enter, uh, t- I had hoped to use my music skills in post, but, um, but music editing is very difficult to break into, um, and so... Um, so then, uh, after doing that uh, internship for about a year, then I I uh, went to a, a sound house called Dane Uh They did the sound for The Matrix, and so uh, while I was interning there, I kind of figured out, okay, well, sound effects is like the the area that I want to go into. So I interned with them for about a year, uh, you know, uh, and you know, I, I still have those connections today, um, but. But really um, what that, in addition to the the experience and the connections, it, it gives you, um, you know, doing the internships gives you credibility to, uh, you know, it gives you something to put on your resume. So then once I, you know, once I sent my resume to Tend to Color, then they're like, okay, this person has has done some work in the field Um and uh you know they see that you have industry experience and then um so then uh that's how i was able to get in uh, without a portfolio
0: okay Um, awesome yeah 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 it is a lot of sort of knowing who you know which is you know i'm sure it's repeated to people on a daily basis it's not it's not what you know it's who you know but you know it is i think it is important that people recognize this like you say and you know sort of sort that out while they're in university in this sort of almost no consequence environment where they can, you know, experiment a bit and learn and find out, meet these people, um, which is a good thing to put forward, obviously. Uh, And it's nice to hear it from people in the industry as well. Um, But yeah. And
1: and actually getting back to the portfolio, I I shouldn't say that um, I didn't have a portfolio. So and, and, and actually while I was interning, where I started doing a lot of you know, what, what we call freebies. Um, so you would work on a, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the people you work with, like a lot of the people I work with uh, uh, you know, at Dane Tracks, you know, in the, a lot of them are, they're, they're busy working on their films, but they're constantly bombarded with uh, uh, offers to work on these like short films, these uh, films for fest- film festivals and so they don't have time to work on it. So a lot of times, what they'll do is they'll pass it along to the intern, say, say, hey, I got this, I got this short film. Do you want to work on it? And of course, you you want to you want to you know you want the experience. You want to build that relationship. And so you know you'll I mean yeah, it's 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 free and it's work, but you know um it's it's how you get the experience. And this is where you're gonna you this is where you're gonna uh, make your mistakes. Uh, so that later on, when you're professional, you've already made those mistakes, so you're not gonna make them again. So these freebies are like really important. So like I, I worked on like a number of short and and uh, full length films, independent films, um, you know that eventually went to festivals. But anyway, so I, I did a lot of that uh, as an intern, and and got my uh, experience doing that. And, and that kind of then becomes your portfolio. I mean, no one actually saw these uh, shorts or these films that I worked on, but that's also something that uh, you can put on your IMDb, and that also gives you some credibility as well, because then they could see, okay, this guy, this person has actually worked on on stuff, and you know, and, and they've gone to festivals, and so, so um, that's kind of how you build your portfolio. It's not something that they'll necessarily look at, but just having the credits uh, under your belt they'll they'll see that you've um you know you've done the work so
0: yeah awesome okay um jody do you want to go on with the uh, next question whichever one uh i think probably the freelancing one might be a good one to go into um especially for the uk listeners that we have on the podcast
2: yeah so the next question like um is what would be a strong move forward to get into freelancing? So, like, what what ways can you go about go about to, like, say, if second year student going into third year, thinking that's what that's where I want to be doing. I want to be going into freelancing. How do they put themselves into that space?
3: Okay, I'll I'll can answer some of it, but I can't answer all of it. Okay. Okay. All right. The bit that I can't answer is the uh internet um all that i don't use facebook i don't use instagram i don't use any of that stuff so if you want advice how to do that i'm not your guy at all all right so sorry about that but it's just i just don't want to everyone chooses to do different things in their lives right and i choose to not spend my life doing those things so everyone's doing, <laughs> okay um so i'm sure there's loads of great ways you can do this online and uh probably one maybe you know it sounds like felix knows more about all that stuff so he's going to be your guy for that um for the freelancing thing i definitely agree with what um uh, what felix was saying which is that you basically need to have done stuff because because that way obviously the more stuff you've done the more experience you've gained like um, like it's already been mentioned, like Felix has said, you've made your mistakes, you've learnt tricks, you've learnt techniques, um, you've learnt how to make certain things work. Maybe you're developing a bit of a style as well by doing lots of mixing, you know, on different things. Maybe you're also, by doing different work, you're getting a sense of what it is you actually like to do. In your head, you might think, I love horror films. I always watch horror films. I would love to do sound on horror films. But having once, once you start doing sound on horror, you might think, actually... You know, you might you might then do like a romance for somebody or a comedy, and find actually you like working in a different area as to what you like uh, consuming. You might cons- like consuming horror, but you might actually your your sort of like talent might lie in doing uh, sound for comedy, for example, or something like that. So I definitely agree with this idea of working on lots of projects, and I think whether you're in university or whether you're leaving university, I think um, working on people's short films. You know working on um, putting yourself out there and working with people um if a band needs a demo mixing mix a demo for a band because then that gives you contact with a band if you need music in a short film that you're going to work on later on so you've like done a little bit of networking there you know and who knows maybe that band's making a video right And then when that band makes a video, that guy who's making a video also makes short films. So now you get to meet the guy, you know, the cinematographer from from the music video or whichever. So the more things you do, the more chance you're going to sort of make connections with people. Um, And remember that the stage what you're at now, right, the stage you're at, the kind of budget level or whatever you want to call it of the films that you're working on now, that's going to be comparable to the directors you're working with. If you work on someone's short film and they're a director probably they're at roughly the same level in their career as where you are, right? Now, each one of these directors you work with is like a lottery ticket, as is every cinematographer, as is every editor or whichever, because as you're moving along in your career, so are they, right? So there might be a director who you work with or an editor right now at this level, and maybe they get to jump up one rung up the ladder in career a bit quicker than what you do. And then 12 months from now, when that editor needs someone to mix their sound or the director needs someone to work with, they'll maybe remember working with you and then they, you kind of get that hand up onto the next rung of the ladder. In the same way as if you're a sound mixer, you might work with a boom operator, right? On a short film. And you might think actually, that person was really good at boom operating. And then next time when you kind of move up and then somebody working, the producer working on a film says to you, you don't know any boom operators do you? Well, you're going to recommend that person you thought was reliable, right? So there's that thing of like everyone's kind of moving forward, kind of together at the same stage. And I think the more things you work on, like I said, they're a bit like buying lottery tickets. There's obviously some luck involved and some kind of maybe everyone you work with, none of them ever get anywhere. So all of those connections are useless. But on the law of averages, if everyone's pretty focused and you work with good people, some of those people are going to move on and then you can kind of move along with them. So that's why I definitely agree with this idea of trying to work on lots of different projects so you can find out what you're interested in. Uh, You can make some good connections with people, find out what it's like working with different types of personalities of people, which kind of people you gel with and don't gel with, all that kind of thing. So that's why I, I think it's good for the freelancing. Like I said, do your portfolio, make your website. And then one other thing, of course, if somebody now hires you for a job, make sure you've got some equipment right make sure you've got the gear it's no good saying you're going to do the sound mix for somebody and then they say oh i'm going to give you an omf file or an AR file and then you don't know what it is or you know what it is but you can't put it into your computer they don't want to hear that you've got a slow hard drive or you've got like no software or something so what i'd say is, is make sure you've got like a decent setup when you're working on this freelancing sort of low budget stuff and that's where you've really got to start knowing what you want to do because if you want to be a Foley person, then you're going to have to spend money on a good microphone and recorder, right? But if you really want to be a sound designer, you need a fast computer with some nice software, some nice sound libraries, some nice native instruments, and all this sound design sort of software, all this kind of thing. So I would say that networking stuff is really important, working on lots of projects, but then if that call comes and someone says, yeah, I want you to work on the project, you can immediately start working on that project, that you can deliver the promises what you've put forward. So you just need to have that gear ready to go, have that equipment. That's, that's a bit of a gamble because you are going to have to spend perhaps a bit of money up front or get some equipment together. And that's where you have to start knowing what you want to do because you can't buy all of the equipment all at once because as anyone who works in sound knows, or anything like this you can always buy more gear there's always more stuff that you you want to be using right it's, it's endless you know yeah, yeah you always want a new mic always want a new microphone or whatever you know so <laughs> that's my advice i hope it's useful um and yeah that's main things i can think to suggest okay yeah. yeah awesome um
0: Joe, I don't know if you wanted to just, we're coming up to sort of nearer the hour now, guys, just so that you know. Um, so we normally consider wrapping about at the hour point. If there's anything, anything kicker that you want to guys, th- like you want to throw out there now, we can we can do that still because, um, you know, the podcast does get edited down. So it won't be, you know, so if you want to, if there's any other questions you want to throw in there.
3: Can I just ask like, Felix what he thinks about that freelancing? I'd like to be interested to hear what he has to say mm, on that. Yeah, one, yeah, too. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't have too much to add. I will just say that um, technically, we're all um, all of the sound editors uh, working in entertainment in Hollywood are, are technically uh, freelancers. Um, so basically, I work on a television show, and then once that show's done, then I'm I'm out of work until I get the next show. Um, so you know, I'm I'm te- I'm technically an independent contractor working for technicolor uh but um but as far as freelancing uh i mean there's uh, i would say the more i guess uh, uh typical freelancer I, I think would be those working in film because they're they 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 actually work on one movie and then after they're done with that movie then they they don't you know they don't you know they're not working until they have they find another movie to work work on so I kind of see them as as really uh doing the the freelancing like sort of lifestyle in 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 Hollywood, um in sound and um uh, I would uh I would just say uh you know going back to the whole conveyor belt thing like that was actually what uh, drew me to television was like, I didn't want the freelancing lifestyle. I was like, man, I don't want to be looking for work like every few, you know, every few months, like I want to have like a steady gig. And so the idea of, of TV being sort of this conveyor belt, um, you know, uh, workplace uh, was th- th- that, 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 that was attractive to me. Cause then I knew like, okay, uh, uh, and and what's nice working with a, a big company like Technicolor is they sort of act like your agent. They they get the shows and then they assign they 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 kind of you know dish out the work. And so um you know so that that was partly what you know drew me to television. Uh, I would say if you're interested in freelancing for film, I think um I think definitely working with as many directors as you can now um as. Uh, is, and, and as many sound people as you can now is, is a good idea um, and a good way of getting experience and making connections. Um, and then, and but, you know, to to pin your hopes on that, that one of them will become the next Tarantino or whatever, you know, the chances of that aren't likely. So this is why I always, I always go back to the internships. So, like, if you know you want to work in film and not television, then I would try to find some posts uh, sound houses that um that specifically do sound for for movies and then i would get in with those uh companies uh, get in uh, ma- you know make the connections with those editors and then that's that's kind of where your work as a sound editor is going to come from as a freelancer is going to be they're going to be coming from those connections uh you know yeah i mean like because once you're out of school i think you know that that's your best shot at work right there is those are those connections you make in the field? Um, so that those are my thoughts on freelancing. Can, uh, it's I, really uh, tough. It's not easy. So, uh, uh, but if if that's what you want to do, then um, I, I think I think that's how you that's how you would go about it.
4: Um, may I jump in also with another um, question? Uh, I do know this is Revis again, and um, I have a lot of friends who were assisting on features. And they have moved into television because you will move up to editor uh, more quickly sometimes. Um, if you're editing television, you know, making that jump from assistant to, uh, to editor. Um, and of course, as film and television merge and television becomes more and more prestigious, um, then although uh, it is absolutely correct to say that television work schedules are grueling, um television is also a very you know very artistic you know very creative place to be right now um so i think when we say conveyor belt we mean like it's grueling it's a tough tough schedule and and felix pointed out that you know people who work in tv they tend to like that kind of schedule but in terms of the creativity you know we're seeing we're all seeing on netflix that there's a lot of um creativity happening in, in television right now. So I'm just wondering um, if, for instance, um, Felix, you know, you, want to, you might want to be a sound supervisor. Would your path to being a sound supervisor maybe be a little faster um, right now at Technicolor, which is a top post facility, you know, one of the best in the world. Would your path to sound supervisor um, maybe be a little faster to there the, the, you know, in television than it would be in feature films.
1: Yes. I, I, uh, I agree with all of that. Um, uh, yes. Like, so if you're, so yeah, if, if you are, if you wanted to work in features, um, uh, or if you wanted to move up quickly, uh, definitely, I think, uh, it's, it's much easier to, to do so in television. Um, like, uh, I was able to move up fairly quickly, Um, I started out as a runner at Technicolor and then worked my way up uh, into the vault uh, uh, sort of managing the digital assets and then from there I I was really lucky uh, from there um, I was able to move up quickly to editor uh, only because um, the TV season was super busy and they needed more people and so they gave me a shot and so I was uh, just kind of like you know um, uh, you know, I was you some luck there, but also I was kind of prepared for it because I had been doing all these uh, freebies. Um, in film, uh, you know it's it's a lot it, it, it's the the path to move up is a lot slower you, you usually become you start out as a sound assistant, but usually they have like you know a second sound assistant and then first sound assistant, and then, and you know and then maybe you'll get to edit and and that and that 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 path can take a little longer because. Uh, cause as I alluded to, I mean, there's a little bit more prestige in film and, um, and then directors kind of want to work with, uh, sort of well-known, um, you know, uh, sound, uh, effects editors. And so it just to get to that level, uh, it just takes a little bit longer. Um, but, um, yes, I mean, but on the TV side, uh, I, yeah, I don't mean to downplay the creativity by calling a conveyor belt. I'm just, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, um. But yes, there's a lot of uh, creativity. And, and a lot of times, even on the TV shows, they expect feature quality sound you know, in those 42 minutes. Uh, whether whether you're, No matter how fast or how little time you have, uh, you know, they still expect uh, top-notch sound. So, um, but there is definitely, uh, it's a lot easier to move up. Like if I wanted to be a sound supervisor now, I, I mean, I could I could just go to my boss and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in becoming a sound supervisor. Um, and then you know, and then I would be on that path. Um, I'm I'm not sure that I want that's the path that I want to, to pursue, but um, but if if I wanted to, that would be a, a possibility. So, um, and and to do something like that in film would take you. It would take a long time to go starting out. And then, and then being a, an assistant, an editor, and then a, su- a supervising uh, sound editor on on, on film—that's much. That would that would take a lot longer. So um, I agree that it, uh, the uh, the 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 path towards um, moving up is much quicker in, in television.
0: Awesome. Um, I just want to. I think we have pretty much run our course at the moment. So what we've normally been doing with the uh quarantine podcasts is uh people have been recommending either films or tv shows or something for the people at home to go and uh, have a look at uh so if you guys all want like a moment to have a think about what what you'd like to personally recommend this week um for people at home to either listen to or watch uh We have a few from our esteemed uh colleagues who are working behind the scenes uh which i'll read out in just a moment at the end uh but this week i'm going to recommend uh star wars episode four which is the first one obviously for those who don't know um because i recently watched the the new trilogy first film and i and i thought it was basically the same film uh so i think you should watch the original because it was better so that's my hot hot take this week. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has a, any recommendations they want to throw in there. Uh,
1: Star Wars influence a lot of us at Technicolor, um, and, and just in sound and film film in general. But um, I I would uh, just uh, I would just from from television I would I guess recommend uh, Stranger Things uh, because uh, that was one of our shows at Technicolor and and we did win uh, an Emmy for that. So uh, seasons one and two are the are the seasons that we worked on. Um, so I would recommend checking that out. Excellent, relevant as well,
0: so you get bonus points. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, TV shows. These all my the TV shows I watch. I watch a balance of kids stuff and grown up stuff, right? So I'm assuming you don't want me to recommend kids films. So you don't want me to recommend uh, Trolls two or anything like that, right? So uh, and if you want the uh- <laughs> Okay, Trolls 2, then. Yeah, it sounded great. I loved it. So, yeah, Trolls 2, then. <laughs> um, also, um, TV shows, it's a bit controversial. It won't be for everyone, but on Amazon, there's a TV show called The Boys, which I thought was pretty good, but quite an interesting one. It's, it's a play on superhero stuff. A bit like Mystery Men cross with um, maybe Watchmen and a few other things. That had some really good sound in it. And then a funny one that's not really, that's just got nice... Because we're not looking uh, ju- just things to recommend. Louder Milk, American comedy, like that very much. Um, and then a couple of films with great sound. Louder Milk's not got great sound really. It's just got nice. I'm, I'm recommending because <laughs> it's very funny, you know. Um, and then most recent films, Deep Red, it's a brilliant horror film. Um, Profondo, Russo, it's its other name. I recommend watching that again. It's like it's not for everybody. It's quite an in- intense film, but it's it's really good. And another film, a film for great sound, it's got to be Whiplash. It's got some brilliant awesome. sound in there, especially the car crash. Uh, some of the stuff on the stages. Oh, and I watched Dreamgirls recently. That was pretty good with <laughs> Beyonce and stuff in. I recommend that. I like that one quite a lot. Um, what else? I don't know. I watch a lot of stuff all the time. You don't yeah. get
0: extra points for recommending more. Um, not no. that the points do anything, but I'm, but thinking, got,
3: I'm thinking of something. <laughs> it's got great it's got great music in it isn't it? Dreamgirls. So we recommend that as well, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> joe um i've got a couple i've got like like kind of spanning a couple different medias i guess because i'd recommend uh, i'd recommend because i recently watched um the original mortal Kombat film oh, and god that was <laughs> that's a trip if you want to go down that route the original like the original um, uh, mortal Kombat soundtrack is super jammy though i'd also like to recommend like what i mentioned in at the beginning the lord of the rings audio drama like listen oh, to that i'd listen to that because ian ian holmes actually is actually one of the voices in the audio drama who for anyone that doesn't know that's that's bilbo um <laughs> just just putting it out
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but um and finally more like a sound like a more specifically sound-based thing is more it's um hellblade um sacrifice which is it's a game but it's it looks into like it's pays quite a lot of attention to sound because it's it's been it's recorded binaurally and it's all about um you play as a character that suffers with psychosis and you kind of get the as a big element of the actual game itself you have to use those sounds and the visuals of like the hallucinations and stuff like that to get through it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the sound design is absolutely amazing, and it it pulls you straight like it pulls you straight into the into that world. Awesome. Or, yeah, oh, and that's my. Nice.
3: Because Joe's mentioned Mortal Kombat there, I also watched Demolition Man again this week with uh, Wesley Snipes. um uh, oh, man, Sylvester Stallone. I, I saw that at the cinema when it came out. And I just got to recommend that because it's like really t- it's trashy film, but it's got lots of explosions. If you like explosions, it's great.
2: <laughs> there's also the um, there's the thingy as well. There's the edited version. It goes from Taco Bell to Pizza Hut.
3: All oh, right, yeah. There's a lot of product placement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Old oh,
0: those films with the product placement back in the day—they were bad for it. But anyway, uh, we from Lucy, we have um, the Wedding Singer. It's a oh, light-hearted yeah, Yeah, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore (laughs) Um, Jules recommends uh, The Highwaymen on Netflix So if anyone has Netflix, Mm -hmm. go check that out So that's it for this week I want to thank so much to Felix uh, And Billy and Joe For coming on this week You guys have been awesome It's been great hearing about all the different sound stuff And the the universe that you guys Sort of have appeared from Uh, So thank you so much for that
3: right thanks yeah uh, thank you yeah nice to meet you felix
1: hello good meeting you all
0: (laughs) nice to meet you felix awesome yeah i'm glad i'm glad that we could get to do this especially with people from uh across the seas as well we've got a whole we're joining america and the uk through podcast um and yeah it's awesome i'm glad that we've we're really expanding our horizons and meeting all these cool people so thank you so much
3: thanks to for yourself and uh for organisers and Revis as well of course but...
0: oh yeah and thanks you, yeah, thank you for the entire team <laughs> Yeah, cheers,
3: awesome. okay then Is that thank you the very time, much
0: yeah? yeah well awesome so thank you very much everyone for listening uh, don't forget to check us out in the normal places on Instagram uh, YouTube uh, US underscore film production on Instagram um, YouTube uh, film production podcast, Google that and we're the University of Salford if that helps uh, and you can get us on anchor fm spotify whatever music sounding apple music i don't know there's this place where you can find these things but and you'll find it on all your major platforms so thank you very much see you all next week when we do something else maybe not next week but it might be a few weeks uh yeah awesome thank you <laughs>
3: bye, yeah, yeah. bye.